Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, Nick and I spend time with Jordan Stepinski. Jordan is a UI engineer here at MongoDB. He works on the Developer Hub. That's at developer.mongodb.com. If you're working with MongoDB and you're looking for technical information, that's the place to go. It's also the gateway to the community. Jordan starts the episode off with the story of his journey from participation in the intern program here at MongoDB all the way to getting his full-time job here as a UI engineer. Jordan also tells us a great story about the journey of the developer hub itself and all the technologies that are used to put this site together. Jordan talks about MongoDB Realm and Gatsby JS and how these come together to offer the services that are available as part of this platform today. Awesome technical discussion with Jordan. I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to the MongoDB Podcast. MongoDB Podcast. Exploring the world of software development, data, and all things MongoDB. And now your hosts, Michael Lynn and Nick Raboy. Hey, Nick. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, Mike. I'm, I'm pretty excited about this episode. It's one I've been looking forward to. Yeah. Well, let's bring Jordan in. Jordan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to being here too, Nick. So. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Would you tell us who you are and what you do? Sure. So Jordan Stepinski, I'm a user interface engineer here at MongoDB. Been at MongoDB for two years. I actually started here as an intern back in the summer of 2017. Feels long ago now, uh, but it's only three-ish years. Uh, and after completing school, uh, I went to school for a technical degree. Uh, and after finishing up at school, came back to MongoDB. I spent about a year working on MongoDB University, which is something I know has been uh, talked about on the podcast. So did a little bit of UI work over there. And then about a year ago, the Developer Hub project began and uh, switched my full-time attention over there. So for the last year, I've been working on our brand new Developer Hub here at MongoDB. In regards to uh, UI engineers, what, what does the scope of responsibility usually entail for them nowadays? Generally or personally? Maybe personally. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think one thing I really appreciate about being a UI engineer is the breadth of, of things that we can deal with on a day-to-day basis. So a lot of it drives back at visual, visual development, visual design, taking a look at... So we have designers here at MongoDB. They do a great job of user experience, user interface design, figuring out how our product should look then our job is really to bring them to life with a whole suite a whole suite or series of tools. And some of the challenges are right, like we have Google Chrome, which I think everyone's familiar with, or Firefox. But then you have Safari, which is uh, the bane of my existence every now and again, or Internet Explorer. So really understanding the ins and outs of the various development environments in which our, our users uh, engage with our products on. Are they on mobile? Are they on desktop? Right? Thinking about how can we construct a layout and how can we construct an experience that, that flows at different sizes and, and different shapes? Um, and so there are all these, these cool things where, you know, let's say I'm working on a, a navigation bar, something that's pretty common across all different web platforms. It's like, how, how is it supposed to look on, on this type of environment, like a phone versus an iPad or, or a tablet versus desktop and, and thinking through what, you know, what those layouts look like and how to engineer something in a way that, that flows nicely through all of them. Mm, and how it responds to, to mobile versus a desktop experience. Yeah, that, that's something that's actually been on my mind a bit more recently in our work as we're continuing to build out some new pieces of the developer hub, creating a great experience for our users on all platforms and all browsers, 
uh, as well as a performant one. So a bunch of ways we can create the same look, but how can we ship it to our uh, users a bit more quickly? So that way they can start to preview the content that they're looking at uh, faster than reading the entire you know, page and, and waiting for things to load in. So there's a whole bunch of these. Like you can be a, you can think you know everything about UI engineering, but you don't really know too much because as soon as you start to dive in on one thing, it's an, okay, I want to make everything very performant. I want to make it fast, but I want to make sure it also works on different uh, displays. I also want to make sure it's accessible for those using uh, say screen readers or, or navigating via keyboard. So there's all these different pieces that, you know, in the last few years that I've been a um, UI engineer, the more I've learned about uh, these different groups and, and how people might engage with our site, the more informed I feel to, to make these engineering decisions. Yeah, so this might actually be a, a good transition point into uh, the developer hub that MongoDB recently launched in 2020. Um, and then some of the work that you've been doing as far as the user experience and just overall developer experience. Yeah, so our developer hub, like you were saying, Nick, it's a brand new platform that's just under a year old. I think we officially launched it in March of 2020. Uh, we started working on it maybe about a year ago, December, January uh, of that time. And it is really a place for people to come and learn and engage with the MongoDB community. So we have a, a bunch of different articles available, you know, whether you're new to MongoDB and want to learn, you know, how can I get started with MongoDB Atlas? I have articles for you. I want to keep up to date with the latest features on MongoDB Realm. Uh, we have articles for that. So a bunch of different content that is updated weekly, you can jump in and read and, and engage with, written by our developer advocacy team uh, primarily. We have the MongoDB podcast, which I don't know if you are familiar with, but <laughs> that one is um, also Did available. Did say podcast? The... <laughs> yeah, specifically the MongoDB podcast, which uh, I, I'm a little bit more familiar with now, but <laughs> you can engage with that on the developer hub and you can listen in and check out the uh, the previous episodes as well. And we also feature our Twitch, uh, MongoDB Twitch channel. So you can check out the, uh, the history of the different Twitch videos that we have. The team usually goes live 12 Eastern on Fridays, and you can uh, watch it right on the developer hub, as well as the past episodes, in case you've missed out on. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, they did a Among Us, with a group of six people at MongoDB. So they have a lot of fun on it. You can check out those videos. You can really go down the rabbit hole. And uh, also our YouTube channel links in there as well. So we have all these different sources of information about MongoDB, uh, the MongoDB community. We also have our community forums available. Uh, so you can engage with other members of the developer community and learn more and, and work together to, to build something really awesome with MongoDB product. So it, it used to be that there was a blog off of the main web property on MongoDB.com. It used to be MongoDB.com slash blog. And I think that still exists largely for um, or less technical, I think. Uh, and then, and then I want, so people that are listening in, we're talking about this dev hub. Let's give them the, the URL. It's developer.mongodb.com, right? Yeah, that's right. That's where you, that's where you get access to the developer hub. Now, do you have to register in order to read the content? No, everything is, uh, there's no registration needed, uh, totally free of charge. You can just go to developer.mongodb.com right now. We have a bunch of articles available, you know, podcasts, which everything you can just uh, click and enjoy no matter where you are. So I, I kind of wanted to add to the, the technical emphasis of the developer hub, uh, which will hopefully transition us into how it operates and how it runs. 
But I mean, if, if we talk about the podcast, we talk about the Twitch stream, we talk, talk about the blog, all this good stuff, we're actually consuming it from many different platforms into one uh, essential kind of developer experience, right, Jordan? Yeah, and that's that's where a lot of the technical goodies begin. So when we were tasked with building out the developer hub, uh, the team I was working on at the time, there were four UI engineers. And the goal was, hey, let's quickly craft uh, a new platform uh, that will be the the source of these blogs. So it started primarily with, primarily with the blog and our Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash MongoDB. And uh, so we we had that goal and we had some design that we were going to build for. And in two months, we wanted to have the system you know, fully up and running in March. Uh, so this was January at the time. And we actually worked closely with our documentation team. And they have a great system for authoring content already. So our approach was, okay, we're going to work with this team to consume content from them and build our front end using that content. And so they're going to focus on publishing these articles, what that whole tool chain looks like, and they're going to hand us an, an endpoint. Our job is to consume the data from that endpoint, build out a series of uh, HTML pages, and make a front end that looks kind of cool, in my opinion. So we were really consumers of that endpoint. And this is a common thread we see in web development all the time. I have some data. I'm a front end developer. I need to access that data somehow. And I need to make something happen. Uh, really core fundamental. But this was actually our first experience with MongoDB Realm. So prior to this, I was working on the uh, MongoDB University team. We didn't really work with Realm all that much. But here, the team we were working with to consume information on which articles have been published, you know, what are their contents, that was a Realm uh, endpoint. And so my, my wheel started to spin up. So we're going to use MongoDB Realm a little bit for this project. But our job was just to consume the endpoint. We didn't have anything to do with setting it up, managing the data, uh, anything like that. It was just, all right, we're going to pull this in at, at our build time. We're using Gatsby JS. Uh, on the front end, which is a, a static site generator, in case you're unfamiliar. Uh, so there is a build time where we can say, all right, let's pull in this data now. Let's create a series of pages, and we'll go ahead and uh, develop our static HTML. So we were doing that, and it was, you know, for the first two months, it was great. We consumed uh, our Twitch videos right from twitch.com, and we consumed the uh, information about articles from this Realm endpoint that we were given. And all was well with the world. The site went live. Uh, nothing went <laughs> too crazy. And we were, we were on a uh, good path forward. So we fast forward two months. So we have our articles and we have Twitch. Those were the main two uh, pieces of the developer hub at the time. But what we didn't know was uh, everything was about to become a lot more complicated. <laughs> and so we really were focused on these two pieces of content. But uh, two things started to happen as we were moving towards uh, mongodb.live at the time was in June, so we're about a month away. Number one was we wanted to add some new sources of content to the developer, developer hub for our users to engage with. So we had uh, the podcast, uh, the podcast coming off of Libsyn, which they're hosted on, and our YouTube videos from the uh, MongoDB YouTube channel. So we knew we had two more data sources we needed to pull in from. 
um, as well as our MongoDB.live events. At the time, we uh, wanted to set up a small portion of the developer hub for people to engage with MongoDB-related events. So now, okay, we have three more <laughs> data sources, uh, three more third-party APIs that we're working with. So in addition to, we had, okay, so now if you count with me, that's five. We have Realm for our articles, and that's something we were just pulling in. We weren't responsible for uh, other than just pulling it in. We had Twitch directly for Twitch videos. We had Libsyn for our podcast, so that's three. We had YouTube for YouTube videos, that's four. And we had the uh, events API for MongoDB live events. So we had five different data sources coming in. And it starts to get a little bit hairy and we definitely realized there was a scaling problem that was coming in where, all right, we're pulling in data from all these different sources. There is a better way for us to, to create some patterns around this, right? So th there was that. Um, but another more pressing issue also surfaced, which was Twitch changing some of their authentication protocols. So what we failed to realize was on May 1st, 2020, uh, before we were able to just use an HTTP GET request to Twitch, get the MongoDB Twitch videos that we needed, and we were, you know, we were in business. Um, but starting May 1st, that was no longer an option. You actually had to supply a secret token on your HTTP requests in order to get information back from Twitch. And this became a problem for us because our infrastructure was so light. We just had this client-side Gatsby uh, static site-generated application. It's like, okay, where are we going to store these secret tokens? And we actually lost our Twitch, uh, Twitch capabilities for a couple of days because we, uh, we didn't anticipate the switch in time. And so we had these two problems, right? We have all of these data sources coming in and now changing on us with Twitch especially, and, and who knows what else could change in the future. Uh, and we needed to manage some secrets in order to get Twitch back up uh, and also future-proof ourselves in case YouTube or, or something else did the same thing. And that's when we were starting to think on, okay, what are some of the roads we can go down? What are some of the ways we can solve these problems? So on, once we laid all of this out, said, okay, we can start up some web server and hook our third-party APIs through there. That way our client-side application only has to worry about interacting with our web server, the web server could manage secrets using you know, CredStash or something like that. And that would be some gateway to you know, at least filter our third party APIs and, and keep everything in one place. There are a lot of problems with that where we're a team of UI engineers. I, I wasn't you know, familiar nor comfortable with setting up a web server on my own at the time, um, having it interact with these services and being secure. Uh, so if we're going to manage secrets on something, that is uh, something I'd like a bit more training in <laughs> before I can confidently say, okay, we're managing these secrets appropriately. So we knew about this little uh, MongoDB realm thing going on. And our team became interested in, well, could we, let's do a proof of concept. Could we actually use MongoDB realm to solve our use cases of managing all of these third-party APIs as, as well as managing our secrets and, and helping to establish some good patterns and good habits for the future. So I spent a day on MongoDB Realm and I had worked with MongoDB Realm about two and a half years ago when I was an intern, just a little bit, just to get my feet wet and learn what all the, um, the hubbub was about at the time. Actually, when I was an intern, that's when they announced MongoDB, it was MongoDB Stitch back then, uh, and they announced it in beta. So that was an exciting time at, at MongoDB as well. But now it's MongoDB Realm. Uh, fully released. And we said, okay, let's see, 
you know, in one day, what can we find out about the tool? And will it satisfy our needs? And, and you know, for the folks that are listening, when we're referring to MongoDB Realm, we're talking about the specific set of services that extend a, a backend as a service. So MongoDB Realm has the ability to, uh, to create applications, and these applications can, you can create an API very quickly. MongoDB Realm is built right into the Atlas interface. So if you're interested in learning more about what Jordan is talking about, you would simply Go into MongoDB Atlas. You can launch a free tier instance. It's going to be absolutely free forever if you want. I mean, obviously, you can upgrade it at any point in time. But once you have a cluster, you can then click on the tab labeled Realm and create a Realm application. And from there, you're going to have the ability to do exactly what Jordan's talking about around, well, creating uh, third-party services, which are um, ES6 functions under the cover. You can actually enable hosting as well. And before we go any further, I wanted to ask the question around um, hosting of the, the static site. So Gatsby.js is a great static website option, static hosted site. Is the dev hub that is using Gatsby.js hosted in MongoDB Realm? Not yet. Okay. Something we're interested in exploring a bit in the future, but, but not yet, as far as I'm aware. Okay. Uh, that's something Great. that's managed for us also by our documentation team. And uh, would like to look into that and see what else is going on. So mm -hmm. uh, my non-confident answer is no, but it very well could be. That's something I'm just not aware of right now. Right, right. Gotcha. Okay. So, so back to the story. Yeah. So as Michael was saying, so very quickly we were able to set up, we didn't even have an Atlas cluster ourselves. And we wanted to start managing some of this, uh, this information and these needs ourselves to, to help future-proof us and thinking of future things that were coming down the line. We may need a MongoDB uh, Atlas cluster as well at some point. So we went ahead, uh, set up a cluster that at the time had nothing. Uh, it was just a blank cluster. But we also went in and set up a new Realm app. And let's just say, okay, let's play around. Let's see if we can set up some functions to interact with Twitch. Let's see if we can get our secrets into, uh, into uh, MongoDB Realm. And let's see if we can make this pipeline work. And <laughs> I was honestly shocked. Uh, so I expected to get some progress by the end of the day. But within an hour, really, I had set up a basic function, uh, plugged in the secrets. Uh, MongoDB Realm makes it very easy. They have a tab called Values and Secrets, which for a, a UI-friendly person, it makes it very nice to go in and plot my secret there. And I felt confident that I was doing the right thing. Uh, that, was, that was one of my personal concerns is, am I managing the data appropriately? So no, no doubts there. So once all of that was hooked together, went into uh, the functions editor, they have a nice editor right in the browser, uh, created the HTTP request, with the help of our documentation in under an hour. And I, I was getting these Twitch videos that we had no longer been getting due to the migration on Twitch's side. So I, I was very, I was a little too excited. <laughs> I was saying mm. this almost feels too good to be true. Uh, but really it, it was solving the needs that we had where, okay, we can interact with these third-party APIs. We can keep all of the secrets that we need to uh, on MongoDB Realm. And now the only heart, the only part left was to hook MongoDB Realm and these endpoints up to our client-side application. And, and when you say you created uh, the JavaScript to, to fetch the content from the other services, did you leverage any third-party libraries or were you just leveraging the, the straight ES6 functions right in MongoDB Realm? It was this, mainly the straight ES6 in MongoDB Realm. 
with the exception of MongoDB Realm has the context HTTP library. So we were using that to, to interact with Twitch specifically. Um, but for the most part, as a JavaScript developer myself, it was very easy to go in, figure out what needed to be done, uh, and just create a simple HTTP request using that secret token uh, that was also added to MongoDB Realm. So if you're using MongoDB functions uh, with JavaScript to make HTTP requests, um, are you scheduling these requests to be made? Are they being made on, on a schedule? Or are they done manually? How, how is that uh, working? So right now it's being done uh, on demand. So if we have someone who comes to the developer hub, it will ping uh, MongoDB Realm, we'll send a request to Realm, and then Realm would send a request to Twitch or whatever third-party services we need. Uh, I don't want to fast forward too much, but a future opportunity I personally see with Realm is the opportunity to cache some of this information so we don't have to hit these third-party services all the time. Because we have an Atlas cluster now linked up, we do have that opportunity to schedule, let's say, let's run this function uh, once a day, perhaps, and update our Atlas cluster. And so to our client-side application, it doesn't know any of this logic. And that's what I think is some of the beauty of Realm is it takes care of a lot of the backend needs for us. On the client side, nothing changes, but in, in Realm, we can manage how many times we interact with the third-party API, cache information if we need, um, and then report that data back to the front end. But as it is now, when uh, someone comes to the dev hub, the developer.mongodb.com, and they see a link for a Twitch video, for example, you're saying that that, that link is hosted, the static portion of that, link is hosted in, in MongoDB. And when the request is made, you're still going to the third-party service like Twitch, for example, to get that video content. Yeah, right now it's, it's pretty naive in that Twitch will send us the link directly to the video. So when we're going through Realm, we get that link to the video. So when uh, a user or a reader will click on the video, someone who's watching the video, it will then just uh, fetch that file from Twitch. Gotcha. Uh, so now we have Twitch. We have Twitch in MongoDB Realm, and it was working well. We were able to hook it up to our client-side application, and we restored our Twitch functionality. So uh, my day was saved, and we had a clear path forward for that problem. And now we had a few other data sources that were still outstanding that we wanted to pull into MongoDB Realm. So we had our podcasts. Uh, we had the YouTube videos. We had our events API for MongoDB Live events. Um, and with MongoDB Realm, you know, we were able to start building out these patterns where on the client side, it's only a couple lines of code to set up that connection to Realm. So we would set up the connection to Realm and we would just change, you know, which Realm function are we calling? And it was easy to pull the logic from, okay, let's, let's, uh, let's look at Libsyn and get the podcasts in. Let's look at YouTube and get those videos. Let's look at the uh, .live events API and get information on that events. We were able to lift all of that logic out move it into MongoDB Realm. This was something that was done in really under a day. And crafting these good software development patterns where we could, you know, in five lines, just make a call to a different service and say, all right, now we want YouTube videos here and we want Twitch here. It was very uh, client-side friendly. And the code changes that we had to make on the client side were easy to understand uh, and small, which means if we needed to make any updates in Realm, we didn't have to touch the client side application so long as you know we were respecting reasonable contracts or whatever. So 
within a week, we really had moved all of our 30, third party services from the client side uh, or things that we were going to need into MongoDB Realm without the need to actually use Atlas yet. So this is very bare bones, just interacting with these third party APIs and, and passing the data through. So setting up a little bit of a pipeline there and we were good. So everything, everything was working uh, perfectly smooth, but then of course a new business need comes up. Uh, so one other piece of the developer hub that I think I have yet to mention is that we, uh, we do wanna start working with some of our other internal partners here at MongoDB. And one program we feature right now is MongoDB for Academia, which helps aggregate resources for educators uh, and students uh, trying to learn more about MongoDB or teach MongoDB in their uh, classroom environment. So they get all these resources and they wanna find educators and students who are interested in them. And they wanted to set up a form with us. They, they wanted us to create a very simple, you know, what's your name, what's your email, just to gauge interest on who wants these kinds of resources. And our team, you know, again, being UI engineers, don't have a lot of server side experience, but we wanna set up the infrastructure for this form. So we can make the UI for the form really quickly. It was just a couple uh, HTML input tags to say the least. But now we needed the logic to, okay, we have this form data, we need to send it somewhere. And then we need to let the academia team know that, hey, someone new wants to engage with you and get some, some more content. So we're like, well, how do we do this? Brand new problem. Um, but again, hint, hint, uh, MongoDB Realm is gonna help us here. So what ended up happening was, okay, we didn't even have an Atlas cluster set up, really. It was very blank. So we went ahead and added in a quick database there. Using those ES6 Realm functions, we went in, uh, created a very simple function to accept form data. And again, I was able to confer with the docs and, and figure out, okay, how can I uh, send this to, to Atlas and, and post it into the database? So that was pretty quick. It was okay, once we set those functions up, hook it to the front end. So now we have this front end form. We have logic on Realm. This took you know, no time at all to set up. And this is a very standard web development action. You know, you want some form built, you need a backend for the form. And we were able to do it very quickly without a ton of backend knowledge. But then, you know, we're interacting with Atlas. So the data is also stored somewhere we have access to. Uh, but now here's one of the cool things is that we wanted to uh, let the academia team know whenever someone uh, submitted to the form that, hey, someone new wants to engage with you and get some more information. And we were like, wow, if only they had some kind of feature where if we were writing into MongoDB Atlas, we could send an email and let the academia team know that they can do this. And lo and behold, uh, we were able to do that through MongoDB Realm relatively quickly. So what we did was we were able to set up a trigger. Uh, and the trigger was, okay, whenever I have an insert into this specific uh, collection on, on our database, which in, at the time we only had one database, one collection, so we just said, okay, whenever there's an insert here, uh, I wanna run some action. We're like, all right, we just need to send an email uh, to this specific email address. So uh, we used um, a, another third party service to manage sending that email, but that was something we were able to, again, bring into Realm very quickly. So now we had, okay, we had a function to accept the form data that would then post it, post an insert to uh, MongoDB Atlas, which would then call our trigger which would then run our other function to send the email. 
And when you say a third-party service, you're talking about the Atlas language, right? In MongoDB Realm, there's an option to create a third-party service, and that is the, the trigger that's going to run is going to run that third-party service in MongoDB Realm, correct? Yeah. So if I, if I understand correctly, the trigger will run whenever we update our database in MongoDB Atlas. Yep. And then when the trigger runs, it's going to call a third party, another third party service that will interface with the either simple mail service or, or some email system, right? Yeah, this was um, simple mail service on AWS. And it was very quick. That's what that's integrated up. in Realm, right? Yeah, that's one we were able to bring into Realm. And if I look, you know, if you go to Realm uh, on the left side, yeah, there's a few there's options, nice... right? Yeah, there's the third-party services, and you can go ahead and add the service in right there, um, and you can click on AWS and, and go from there. Great. Yeah, so we had this whole workflow together, and you know, for the first time in my UI engineering career, I felt like more than a just a simple UI engineer being able to string together uh, these series of actions to to satisfy a, a pretty common business need, which is submitting a form, handling that data, and then sending in optional, you know, hey. Someone submitted the form uh, confirmation email. So great. We had our third-party services with Twitch, with YouTube, uh, with Libsyn. We also had new business needs with collecting information, processing that information, storing the information, and running triggers based on that information. So we were really leveraging some of the different features of MongoDB Realm and MongoDB Atlas now together uh, to satisfy business needs that we didn't even know we had when we started working with Twitch back in May to, to make those necessary infrastructure changes. So within two months, we went from no, no MongoDB Realm, no MongoDB Atlas to embracing MongoDB Realm and Atlas and having it help us solve some of the use cases that we saw coming up. Wow. So that's amazing in such a short period of time that you're able to pull that together and, and really, I mean, demonstrate that MongoDB Realm is, is a real live production system. Um, great, great job there. So what's, what's next for the DevHub project? Specifically with Realm? Well, I mean, in general, what, what's coming down the pike? What, what are you going to be working on next? So we're doing a couple different things with uh, the developer hub that uh, our users and readers will see over the next few months. So something coming in the very short term is uh, our brand new navigation menu. So I alluded to this a little bit at the start when talking about the uh, challenges and joys of being a UI engineer. but we're going to have a brand new nav menu coming that will uh, help illuminate some of the different um, parts of the developer hub. That's coming in the short term. Uh, one big project we're working on is adding in a new third-party service to help us manage our uh, publishing for various pieces of content on the dev hub. So our a CMS, that's the term I was, I was blanking on. We want a new third-party CMS to allow us to uh, craft articles more quickly. Uh, provide a nice UI-based experience for our developer advocates and others who want to get their uh, get their voices on the developer hub. So we're working on that. Uh, that's going to be more of a three to six month project as we uh, figure out the scope of what we're trying to do. Um, but hey, if we need a database, fortunately, I know where to find one uh, that we now have. Speaking of databases, so uh, all of this work that went in, um, it's Got to be using a massive cluster, no? You'd be surprised to find out. Everything is on the free tier. I, I, I can't even believe everything is on the free tier. We have a production-grade app, uh, and we're not paying a dime, which I think wow. is really cool. Even though we're internal, we're not even paying. <laughs> uh -huh. 
still. So really easy to set up and I didn't need to contact anyone to get uh, credit card information or anything like that. So it made my job a lot easier. We can always scale up, you know, if we need to. Uh, so if we do see that, you know, hey, the developer hub explodes in popularity and we need to serve more people, store more data, uh, we can go ahead and make those upgrades pretty seamlessly. It's already exploding in popularity. Oh, if it's exploding, exploding, <laughs> exploding squared yeah. in prop, uh, popularity, then we can go ahead and make those infrastructure upgrades. Uh, and again, as, as someone who started as a UI engineer, now having the experience with MongoDB Realm, I'm, I'm less afraid to make those changes um, because it, the tool does a nice job in helping me understand what's going on uh, and making it very clear you know, what can, it, what can we do? What can't we do? And, and the documentation also uh, helps to get it done, helps us to get it done. So um, Jordan, great story and, and really phenomenal work on the, on the developer hub. I personally love, uh, you know, publishing articles on the hub and um, interacting with the community. Once again, I'll, I'll mention if folks are wondering how to get to the developer hub, they can visit developer.mongodb.com. What about you? Where can people find you? You can find me on LinkedIn. Hi. Okay. see. What is my LinkedIn URL? We have LinkedIn. I'm just looking it up real quick. LinkedIn.com slash in slash Jordan Stepinski, one word, all lowercase. Uh, so you can just take my name, slam it together. You can find me there. Well, anything else to tell the audience before we, we wrap up? No, again, just uh, we're excited to have you check out developer.mongodb.com and feel free to, uh, you know, if you have any ideas or suggestions, uh, let us know. And the platform is going to be changing a lot over the next few months. So we're really excited. We, we have a good foundation. And this year, we're going to be doing a lot of good growth on it. So, so stay tuned uh, for a lot of good content, a lot of good features coming. And you can always jump into the community at community.mongodb.com. Uh, Nick and I are in there actively. If you have questions, you can ask us. Jordan, do you spend any time in the community? I will, definitely. All right. Well, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us and telling, telling us about the Developer Hub. Likewise. I'm uh, you know, always glad to, to work with other folks uh, here who have a little bit of experience with the Developer Hub. So great interacting. Uh, and looking forward to uh, working together again soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please like and subscribe. Have a question or a suggestion for the show? Visit us in the MongoDB community forums at community.mongodb.com.